Hello, welcome to Mod Midwives, a Metro Midwifery podcast. I'm Gina Gerbach. And I'm Nedra Hale, and we are home birth midwives serving the Denver metro area. Well, how are you doing today? Oh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Busy, crazy. Yeah, dad's in rehab, so I went to visit him today. Um, Otherwise, it's just like, you know, the weekends are for chores around here, so we're just like trying to get all of our chores done. Oh, and our dog came back from training, so we're having training to squeeze camp. our homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they said she was a little difficult, huh? Yeah, just willful, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I had this fantasy that she would go to training camp and then like be like the perfect dog when she returned. And she is a great dog. I mean, but it's it's not like I don't have work to do. So <laughs> you said she wasn't really motivated by treats, which is that's right. tricky for a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. So we're today we're working on other people besides me training her because she only listens to me as like, and that isn't that just like the entire, like right. the entire story of my life. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's, that just sums up motherhood right there. Yes. <laughs> Um, also kids can do so much. They can do so much to undo what's been done if they aren't trained. So yeah. Oh my gosh. We know about that. Yeah. Well, we, um, so there's a new movie on Netflix called pieces of a woman. And it is about, um, a woman who loses a baby in a home birth and, we thought we would watch it and talk about it and maybe also kind of touch on other, you know, portrayals of midwives in the media just as our, as our topic today. So you actually got on this right away and watched it last week. Yeah. It's really funny because, you know, what was it last weekend? You're like, Oh, there's this movie. I hadn't heard of it and we have to watch it for the podcast. And I'm like, ew, I hate watching movies like that. I know. Ew. So, um, so then I just decided to get it over with and I actually ended up appreciating parts of the movie. I mean, obviously there were parts of the movie I did not appreciate, but I actually thought, okay, some of the performances were good. And, and then I understand that you didn't like any of it, but any part of the the whole movie. (laughs) I do think I like the actress. Uh, or yeah. actor, the lead actor. Uh, oh, what's her name? Vanessa Kirby. She was. I just really looked good. her up. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I just. I didn't like it for a lot of reasons, not just the midwifey, birthy reasons. But mm-hmm. I just didn't like it. I don't like movies with that kind of dialogue. That really. I know they're trying to keep it from sound sounding scripted. Yeah. But it's too halting and too like jerky. Yeah, it's just, not natural. It's. I don't yeah. like it. And the people were not very likable. None of them. I didn't like any of them. Yes. I didn't like a single character. Yeah. Whoever they got to play her sister, though, they are like identical. It Uh took me a minute and a couple scenes to figure out who she, who, you know, who was who. Yeah. But so casting was probably good. Yes. And I actually thought Vanessa Kirby was a realistic-ish laboring person. Yeah. job yeah for her 30 minute first time labor yes I mean the labor itself not realistic (laughs) not not any part of it (laughs) so do we I guess we should just jump into pieces of a woman and then we can talk about some other some other things but can I just say 
can I just start off by saying a prime up, a first time birthing person who calls the midwife, obviously not in active labor six at six apart. minutes apart. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then all everybody's like, oh my gosh. And they, the midwife gets there within five minutes. What? Mm-hmm. Which did she still six minutes apart? Like it's still like, and it's still like mass yeah. hysteria. Yeah. 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 It was so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Six minutes apart is not active labor for anybody, let alone a first time birthing yeah. person. Right. The, then the midwife shows up five minutes later. She must have been dressed and living next door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where was this supposed to have been filmed? Boston. Oh, okay. I could not figure it out the whole time. I knew it was Eastern, but couldn't figure out the city. Mm-hmm. I only know um, that they read it someplace. I don't think I don't think I knew it when I was watching it either. Oh yeah. Okay. Because it was cold. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was Boston-ish. Mm-hmm um her water breaks like you know as the midwife is on the way over so within the first five minutes of Mm -hmm. this non-active labor and then immediately her contractions are so strong immediately right Right. that could happen yeah i mean these things are possible it's just not typical right Mm -hmm. um what did you think about what did you think about when they find out that the primary midwife isn't coming? What did you think oh, about how that, that happened? Was, that was hard for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just, um, you know, it, it really spoke to the fact that we are not viewed as people. We're viewed as servants sometimes. Here mm-hmm. I go on the soapbox. And that um, they don't view the other pregnant people as people either sometimes. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're you're never guaranteed to have this person at your birth I mean like most of the time that's how it works out but it's Mm -hmm. there's other people having babies or we could be sick or we could be in a car accident or you know there's so many things so many reasons Mm -hmm. why we could not be at your birth luckily we have a nice support system and someone Mm -hmm. will be at your birth (laughs) and it sounded like these two midwives in this you know fictitious movie Yeah. worked together and they yes. had met the other midwife so yes. they, so they even had a chance to meet the midwife right ahead of time right they knew the person yeah so i would love to say okay so this was a hollywood labor it went faster than typical but it was a snapshot or it was you know it was um sped up for for theatrical purposes yes. but it wasn't because the the probably the best thing about this movie is this 30 minute one scene shot of this labor right that's probably the best right. thing about the whole movie so they are intentionally setting the stage that this is how this labor unfolded mm-hmm. it went faster than a precipitous multiple birth right it right. was way too fast yeah i mean so unrealistic very unrealistic yeah i mean and i actually didn't understand that part of it when i was watching it um, I read that later that it was really supposed to be one segment of time because it just didn't seem like it could be one segment of time. You know, I was just, I, I was like, surely they're just like checking in and out of this. Right. Labor. Right. No, but they weren't. And that was the point of the continuous yeah. shot. Right. Right. Which cinematically. Okay. That was great. Yeah. But it was, it's just completely so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So Okay, I did notice the midwife didn't wash her hands when she got there. 
Oh, really? I didn't. Yeah, I was watching it while I was doing dishes. So there are things I missed. Uh, oh, yeah. She did not wash her hands when she got no. there. So. Um, so she says, as the, she says something like, it's actually hurting now. She says that about 10 seconds after her water breaks, which is about 30 seconds after they called the midwife. So that was a weird timeline. And then the midwife walks in. She doesn't wash her hands. She was very kind, I thought. I thought she yep. had a fairly realistic presence. I thought her demeanor was very realistic. Yeah. And she did say we need to do an internal exam. And this does um, come up in some other online conversations where we've seen uh, a discussion about consent. Mm-hmm. She probably could have phrased that differently. Yeah. I usually say, are you interested in having a cervical check or what do you how think would about you feel about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So she, she said, we need to do an internal exam. So I agree that that wasn't mm-hmm. the best language, but I didn't find it particularly coercive. Yeah. I um, so I, I don't know. It I think it was better. just. I think there's just human failings in word choice sometimes, and um, you know, so it didn't seem like diabolical. It seemed like a, a human failing. Correct. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And and she also got criticized. This movie also got criticized for when she very briefly says "babe." She says something like, "Yeah." I can't remember what the words were before, but she very, you're doing great, babe, or yeah. something like that. Like the terms of endearment. And I, uh-huh. I missed it when she said that too. Cause it I was, was very actually, quick. I was listening for it and I missed it. So I didn't, I didn't catch it. It was very quick. And I do use terms of endearment. I do too. I try not to refer to people as girl or. Yeah. I try not to talk down to people, but also we are in this kind of interesting maternal role. Mm-hmm. at the birth sometimes yeah it's it's a maternal it's maternal language it's or like rah 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 language or like mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know like it's um I know it's a fine line uh but it is we're like a cheering squad slash mother <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so I I don't know I I want to be cognizant of how that could trigger somebody um, yeah on yeah. the other hand, I am aware of the fact that I probably do it sometimes. I'm always really interested to read conversations like this on Twitter and stuff because, um, you know, it just gives us a moment to say what what are the things that I say that could be mm-hmm. taken the wrong way um, or, you know, taken in a way that wasn't intended, I suppose is how I should mm-hmm. say that. And it, uh, uh, you know, so it's always good. It's always good to just be open and... Mm-hmm. Learn. Except that some of what I say might not be, might not be taken the way that I intended. Right, right. And, the, and therefore it can cause harm. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So I, um, yeah, I don't know. I also love it when people use terms of endearment with me. Like, maybe I shouldn't say I love it, but the, in England, I loved how they would call you love. Like the twenty-year-old yeah. boy at the counter. Would, I love that too. Would say love, and I thought it was so cute, and I loved it. So I, it's yeah. probably you know I'm probably too much in my own head about it. Yeah. Um. So the first time this midwife listens to the heart rate, it sounds reassuring. It sounds good. Mm-hmm. She doesn't use the headphones, so everybody can hear this good heart rate. Mm-hmm. Um. She didn't listen very long. We would usually listen before, during, and after. 
Mm -hmm. The first time we listened, we would listen through a whole contraction and she doesn't listen that long, but she did listen after Mm -hmm. a contraction, which is the next best thing. And the heart rate sounded really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from here on out, she used these little headphones in the Doppler, which Mm -hmm. I found to be an interesting choice since she didn't use them the first time. I have never known anybody who does that. So have you? No, but the first Doppler I got came with headphones. I think it's a problematic practice. I think it's one of the reasons that I have problems with the fetoscope because only the listener can hear the fetoscope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's good for the whole room to hear um, what's happening. Too. Yeah. Also, we should note there's no assistant here. There's only the one midwife and no talk about an assistant. Most births that I'm aware of are attended by two midwives. Yeah. yeah. Not always. No, and I mean, go really fast or, right. you know, sometimes, sometimes there's circumstances, but yeah. And maybe this ideal. birth was going so fast that we didn't have an assistant there, but, um, I didn't feel like, so then from at the subsequent places where she listens to the, where the midwife listens to the heart tones, it doesn't sound encouraging. The first time it's not encouraging, she changes, she helps the uh, mom change her position to her side, which is exactly what we would do if we had somebody on their back. The second time, she says, it's still not coming up. It's been two contractions. We might have to go to the hospital, she tells the dad. And then, yeah. And then I can't remember if she listens again. I just watched it this morning. But in any case, she starts with the, but I think she did. I think then she listened one more time. Didn't sound good. And she coaches the mom to push the baby out really quickly, um, which is absolutely impossible with a first birth. Right. Unless and, it's just like organically happening, which, you know, of course, right, but you can't just po- coach them and say, push real fast, <laughs> yes. get your baby out when it's your first baby. Um, right. But she does tell um, Shia LaBeouf to call um, 911 at that point. So she does activate EMS. Yeah at the third and reassuring heart tone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which all happened very quickly, like within a yeah, five minute period yeah. of time. Right. I thought, okay, so so we didn't hear the non-reassuring heart tones at all. They, they didn't show the viewer either because I couldn't hear them, but I thought- We could hear like, some sounds. We yeah. couldn't, it wasn't clear. So- I they couldn't said, tell what they were. Like I Later in I, the I, trial, they said it was an arrhythmia, but it wasn't clearly a deceleration, which is what we would normally be thinking of yeah. if we're talking about this situation. Right. Um, it, it was unclear as to what she was hearing. And, you know, it, she might just not have been hearing it right because it wasn't right. clearly a slow heart rate. Right, right, right. But in any case, she hears something unreassuring on the third contraction she sent. She calls for EMS. Mm-hmm. Now, in real life, we're listening every 30 minutes in active labor, every five to 10 minutes while they're pushing. Right. So it just happened so fast. It wasn't a weird, like a weirdly not adequate, you know, number of listenings in the movie, except that if she had a non-reassuring heart tone, you know, maybe she would have listened 
sooner, but it was really quick. It was like she listened to it at the next contraction. It was like, yeah, it was so I don't know. And I thought that she did respond, you know, I mean, I thought it was really jarring how panicky the the, and yelly the like calling 911 thing was. That was like not really great, but um, but she did respond, she did activate EMS, she did. Mm Yeah. coach her through delivery yes so i mean and was it a- was the birth of a vigorous baby the baby yes. cried at an appropriate amount of time you know yes. appropriately we had a we had to do a little rubbing up if i recall in it yeah and so then i don't even know what happened i i don't understand what the story is supposed to be telling us about what happened to this baby <laughs> right because we had a vigorous baby who was crying yeah. they yes. um held their baby she, yeah. the midwife turned around had her own little freak out like kind of panicked or you know yeah, not like, panicked but like that was, ooh, that was so scary yeah which might be true but you might not be quite so flustered in front of the clients right you mm-hmm. might say you know you have a sigh or something but you might she was real flustered she had just turned around and then realizes that the baby sounds a kind of a little grunty mm-hmm. and then turns back around and the baby's getting cyanotic becoming blue she takes the baby back and starts resuscitating and I do believe we hear an ambu bag we don't see an ambu bag mm. but we hear ventilations happening with you were the really bag studying that. this movie when you I have notes <laughs> <laughs> I took notes so she did start resuscitating so mm. the truth of the matter is and well let me say one more thing and in this they discussed this with the coroner or the pathologist or whoever whatever doctor does this autopsy yeah and doesn't find any cause of death um (laughs) i do believe that a baby that was born vigorously that you know starts to very quickly become cyanotic and Mm -hmm. and responsive would have some sort of congenital heart condition or diaphragmatic hernia or something it was not it was not that's yeah it was not realistic it was this this vigorous baby is suddenly not vigorous and we don't know what happened no right it would be more likely a baby was compromised at birth you start resuscitation Mm -hmm. you kind of keep it going and yeah you know there's no um full recovery yeah so in in this case the way it was portrayed there would almost certainly have been a cause that would have been identifiable Agreed. It is true that there's a number of stillbirths that are not identifiable. There's no cause identified, but this was not a stillbirth. This was the death of a baby after a vigorous live birth. Right, right. So um, there were so many other things. There were so many other things that bothered me about this movie. For example, she goes back to work about three weeks later and she's still wearing her Depends in the toilet stall. I know. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole movie was so depressing and sad. And that was just one of the things. I mean, is she still bleeding a lot? Like what's happening here? They show a little blood on her depends under a a stall, under a bathroom stall. People, don't wear your depends more than like for a few days because you'll get diaper rash. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get diaper rash. And you don't really, usually bleeding is significantly reduced by 24 hours. And by 48 hours, you just need a regular pad most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was totally unrealistic. Mm -hmm. She's using frozen peas on her 
her engorged, not, you know, her engorged breast on November 4th. And this baby was born on September 17th. That is oh, a hard man. no. Yeah, I totally missed that. That is a hard no. That seems like no. <laughs> so they're just dragging out this physical recovery. And I'm glad that they talked about the physical recovery. Yeah. And I've had a couple clients who had stillborn babies. And the process of the milk coming in is so heart-wrenching. Yeah. It's right. this physical reminder that you don't have a baby to nurse. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that they talked about that and portrayed that but they they did it wrong yeah the timeline was way off way off um what did you think about the relationship of of uh Hershey and her partner oh I was so disappointed you know I'm usually I don't know why I'm disappointed because it always turns out this way (laughs) yeah I was I want to love Shia LaBeouf so much because of holes like yeah. I just have this like soft place He's, in my heart yeah. for and then he plays these complete jerks and I'm just like oh but okay I don't know I thought he was less of a jerk than she was honestly mm-hmm. I I think they Except were for the sex thing I think they were having a hard time and I think grief is really uh it affects people differently I thought it was a a good um you know, a good portrayal of people dealing with something really hard. And he, you know, clearly had a history of addiction and Mm -hmm. this is what happens to some people, right? As you, you're not, you're not getting your needs met um, in other ways. And so you fall back on the things Mm -hmm. that you know, right? And Mm -hmm. so I totally get all of that. Um, I just, it was just like, they ended up just not being likable. So I think at first Mm -hmm. it was, it was okay and they were just dealing with something really hard and everybody Mm -hmm. is not at their best when they're dealing with something really hard and then it's just like her mom wasn't likable I mean the cousin what and like (laughs) just you know it's just yeah the cousin seriously what by the way we should have we should have probably prefaced this that there's pretty big spoilers involved in this oh, podcast. But yeah, so I was disappointed that their relationship ended in shambles and that it wasn't yeah. um, healthy in the end and all of that. But it is reality too. I mean, yeah. stuff, marriages or relationships often don't survive things that are mm-hmm. really hard like this. So, mm-hmm. And you have more involvement in the world of grief, like in processing grief and grief you know, grief. I don't know what the word is, but you know, you have more experience with the grief. And so I wondered how you, I thought it was probably fairly realistic. I, um, I did definitely feel like the person I related to the most in the movie was the mom. Like it was not the grandma. She's horrible. <laughs> she was, oh, she was horrible. Would you agree with me that this was the most reprehensible line of the whole movie? If you had done it my way, You'd be oh, holding your baby oh, in your arms right now. Oh, oh that was terrible. <laughs> I felt like there wasn't much dialogue around home birth until no. that line. I was really, um, I, I was expecting it to be a movie about how horrible home birth is. And it really, I don't think that's what this movie was about. I think it was about this relationship. No. 
that's true but the fact that it was the a home birth sensationalizes it differently than if it was a hospital birth. and they had that whole like let's go after the midwife um you know it has yes. to be somebody's fault so let's go we'll make her pay we'll somebody's her gonna pay, pay. yeah there and was... then it becomes about money it becomes about punishment and um yeah so that was really distasteful it was yeah. just um it was also fairly implausible that she's on trial. She's got this criminal trial happening, the midwife. Mm-hmm. Usually there's an administrative procedure in place. It depends on where you live, though. It depends on where you're practicing. I don't know what so, it is. So Massachusetts. Massachusetts. So now I didn't know it was Massachusetts. So Yeah. Um, so you could talk about like in an illegal or illegal state. You talk about that and I'll look at Massachusetts really quick. Yeah. So if it's an illegal or illegal state, you might be prosecuted for practicing medicine without a license, for example. Um, you know, so it could have been something like that. But if you're in a state where you're licensed, you're probably going through the, um, the whatever the process is for that license. Yeah. Um, it looks like... Massachusetts um, CPMs are possibly unlicensed, but I'm wondering if CNMs um, legally recognized midwives um, have received certification through CNMs. And there's nothing that talks about the type of credentialing this midwife has. And she's not being prosecuted for practicing medicine without a license. In it's fact, like or something. here are the charges. Oh, you know what they are. <laughs> Five charges of negligence, two charges of misconduct, and one charge of manslaughter. So tell me where we would find five charges of negligence in that period of time. I mean, I don't, yeah. Like I they didn't, it wasn't, it was too specific to not explain it. Yeah. Like make it less specific or explain it. Right misconduct maybe you know didn't maybe negligence in the delay to calling ems but by the way it was within like a minute or two um or not listening to heart tones long enough mm-hmm. perhaps in the way that the resuscitation happened but none of that was explained right and right. in fact massive spoiler alert so she's at the trial the the midwife is having her trial the mother is being um she's testifying and she kind of has a little moment where she sort of is questioning for the first time since this baby died by the way the trial happened pretty fast after Mm -hmm. the death it was that was unrealistic but um for the first time she's actually considering the course of events of this night how this all went down and then she goes to the um to the camera store, the film developing store, which by the way, what year is this supposed to be? Because we oh, don't God. go drop off our modern times, but Gina, they still, the photography still exists and even on film. <laughs> no, but who was taking no the way, pictures? but who was taking pictures? There was, was nobody at the birth. Was he? The dad was taking pictures. He yeah. was. Okay. With a camera that uses film apparently. <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. This piece alone is absurd. So I mean, it's finally, just like a, it's a niche. So it's unlikely that that guy would have been using film unless he was like a, like an aficionado of photography and he's like wanting to use film for a particular reason. <laughs> which he may have been. And apparently he dropped off the negative 
dropped off the film for developing. They developed the negatives. She goes mm-hmm. to the film store in the middle of this right. day of testimony. She gets her films right. developed. She realizes her baby was really in good shape when she was first born. And then right. she goes back to the trial and says, this woman, meaning the midwife, did not willfully do anything to harm my baby. First of all, and so, and it's all over because she says this. Right. Okay. First of all, nobody said anything about willful anything. Right. There was right. no, of all the midwives who have had bad outcomes, of all the midwives who I perhaps harshly judge as having made bad decisions at birth and had mm-hmm. bad outcomes, nobody willfully tried to no, of course cause not. harm. It's, no. it's not a thing. And so the willful part, I don't even understand how that came up. Yeah. It was so frustrating. The trial was so frustrating to me. Yeah. And it surprise, was surprise the lawyers were big jerks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So I don't know. The whole thing was really frustrating. It was not realistic. Mm-hmm. It was not plausible. It just wasn't plausible. Yeah. Right. And you thought it, and if I remember correctly, when you saw it last week, your thought was like, it wasn't, that wasn't the point. It was still a good story with a sad. Yeah, that's what, that was my takeaway is that the cause of the incident was an aside and, um, and not what the movie was about. Mm-hmm. That's, that was my, that was my feeling. The movie was about the, the relationship and the grief. And mm-hmm. um, so I appreciated it for that. I didn't appreciate the rest of it. Like I, I hate movies about stuff like this because one, they're almost always looking to make midwives look bad and mm-hmm. two, they're almost always like, or always, always, I don't know. Like they get all of it wrong. Like it's mm-hmm. not even the, the nuts and bolts of how birth works is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the labor was realistic. She was burpy and I know, I felt nauseous. It. I loved like that. Like that was real. The little, <laughs> the little um, bloody show as she got out of the tub, I thought that yeah. was like well filmed. Yeah. I feel like yeah. the cinematography was good. The dialogue was horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. I just hated every second of it. And I didn't like the story. That story did not impart what it needed to impart to, yeah. you know what I mean? It, I couldn't yeah. get past the details. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't even appreciate the story yeah. of it. Yeah. And, you know, I have thought about what it would be like to lose a baby so many times because, yeah. because of our willingness to take on the responsibility of being that person at the birth, I have thought about what a weighty responsibility that is and, and what would it look like if my actions led to somebody's mm-hmm. loss, something that right. could tear their family apart. So, I mean, right. I've certainly thought about it and I just, I don't know. And it's probably just not possible to be done in that period of time. Yeah, probably. Of a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, so... So as not to just completely eviscerate this movie, we have okay. other portrayal of midwives that we wanted okay. to talk about. So speaking of other bad ones, your one that you say oh. right off the bat, your least favorite. Midwives. I hate that. I hate that book. I hate that movie. I hate it. Oh, oh. I never saw the movie. Ugh, Sissy Spacek. Ugh. Oh, it's just so hideous. It's just so, it's just this, this... I mean, it's been like now ages since I've seen it, but it's, you know, she's doing a C-section on this woman's 
bed <laughs> to save her baby and then and then she ends up not being dead and like because the mother had died or something and then she ends up not being dead and then she does die or what or there's, there's question about whether she was actually dead because there was a blood spurt or like yes, I tried to remember yes, all the yes that's right horrible not realistic would never happen it's awful <laughs> so it's funny because i read that book right after it came out and was not even interested in midwifery in fact i don't even know if i'd had a home birth yeah. at that point um and i kind of thought it was a good story <laughs> but oh, i wasn't my. remotely in the birth world right it's probably the timing right oh. So yeah. I didn't do the thing where I totally, um, <laughs> oh, you know, to cut it all up into shreds and eviscerate yes. the <laughs> So I felt like it could be, you know, it's the, it's Sophie's choice or it's, you know, what's, what's the name for that where you have an impossible decision to make? Like you feel like the mom is already dead. You, I mean, you actually think the mom is dead. So you decide to do what you can to save the baby at the time. I didn't think it would be unrealistic to think that you would try to save the baby. I remember thinking about that, like way back at the beginning, way, you know, like 20 years ago, like, I remember thinking, what happens if I have to choose between the mom and the baby? And they like had a car accident or something and the mom's like dead, but the baby's still alive. And like, and I have the knowledge <laughs> and the skills to get the baby out. Like what I need to make sure I have a scalpel in my back. No, I don't know. Because I don't make that choice, okay? God makes that choice, not me. <laughs> I just don't know that I wouldn't do the same thing. I don't know. Kind of like Grey's Anatomy where they're in the storm and they can't move. And what's the C-section in the kitchen? I can't say I wouldn't do it. <laughs> don't do it, Dina. <laughs> I don't, know. I, just, I don't mean to sound cold hearted. Of course, I want the baby to be saved. It's just like you have to think about what is it, you're going to be prosecuted, probably. <laughs> like I know, not, but wouldn't you do that if you thought you would save a baby? I can't say I wouldn't. I, I'm going to plead the fifth on that. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's interesting. Very, very rarely have we had usually a, a, the dad say something to us like if it comes down to it you know do yeah. you save the mom or the baby like a, a, a very rare time have we had somebody ask us that question and the truth of the matter is we are not the decision makers at the time that those decisions are happening we have long since called for ems right we're on the way to the hospital it's yes. not our call luckily we have we have other resources besides us and our scalpels. <laughs> so. yes, I don't have a scalpel, by the way. It would be quite difficult for me to do this. <laughs> don't know what I would do. But I've, but I've seen one on TV, so I feel prepared. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's funny that we have such different impressions of that book because I think it was just because it was before I was in the birth world that mm -hmm. I read it that I thought it was. Yeah. I do remember... Um, having a lot of feelings around her journals and her documentation and hiding documentation and um, you right. know and 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 that's and that's difficult because you know she I, but I, but actually I don't remember what it was a journal right it was her own reflective kind of journal it wasn't it wasn't a chart yeah, I don't or anything. remember 
there was something about hiding certain pages or her daughter hiding certain pages or something like that out of the journal. And um, I don't know. I remember that not sitting really well with me. And yeah. So. Yeah. You want to try to have everything you do be above board. Some, yeah. Something that you can say, this is why I did this thing. Right. You know, even if, even if it was fun. right. Even if it was yeah. the wrong decision and illegal yeah. decision, you still yeah. have to have good justification for it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you want to be able to defend your actions. And I would argue that sometimes we have to make decisions that go against for example, we didn't used to be able to administer anti-hemorrhagic drugs. That's a that's a law that, or a, you know, that was a, a restriction on our scope of practice that was dangerous. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. I would argue that there's times to um, take clinical action that go against your scope of practice. Mm -hmm. So I probably yeah. would do the C-section in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> so glad that I will never have to be in that. Yes, decision. let's just not have that. Let's not be faced with that necessity. Well, I think one of the best things to happen to midwifery is call the midwife. I think it's one yes. of the best things to yes. elevate the profession. Yes. I mean, Definitely. it's just such a well done show. And um, I just, I love it. And I think that people would argue that it, because it's set in the UK, it's different than what what it you know what our reality is here mm -hmm. but i think that's all the more reason to model our practice after a country that has midwifery yeah. well integrated into the system yeah i mean there's so many times i'm watching that show and i just say i mean even though this was in the 50s and 60s you know yeah. i think oh my gosh it would be so amazing to have that thing or that thing that they have going on but the way that the um I mean, obviously there's differences in the way that the midwives manage the births in some ways. And, and it's interesting to see it evolve over the years too. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a lot of the stuff they do that is, is the same and it's really realistic. It's, um, you know, I think it's, it's great. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And the births are fairly realistic. Mm -hmm. um, again, they tend to go faster, but they cut in and out in a way that can make it look more mm -hmm. realistic, I think. I really think that was the problem with the uh, with pieces of a woman is that the realism was lost at the expense of the cinematography and the cinematography was the most impressive thing about the movie. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's maybe my biggest criticism of it, but, yeah. um, but call the midwives or call the midwife. I always say call the midwife. I don't know why. <laughs> we have asked the midwife. Call the midwife, I think does a pretty good job of being realistic. It also portrays loss and mm -hmm. difficulties and unexpected outcomes yeah. and, and talks about it in a way that sometimes sometimes these situations are avoidable and sometimes they're unavoidable and what you really do is you just do your best and then you refer when appropriate and um yeah. and all of that and I, I think it does a good job and the other thing I love about call the midwife is that I also have my master's in public health and every episode has a birth um, storyline and it has a public health storyline too every single episode and I love that because um, I think there's a lot of things um, I think there's a lot of lost knowledge what am I trying to say they talk about you know um, vaccine preventable childhood illness and things like that mm -hmm. that we have <laughs> taken for granted as not being part of our 
um, right. society and they kind of go back and they say, okay, look, this is what it used to be like. This is what diphtheria did. This is what, you know, some of these different issues um, created. So I don't know. I, I think it's really great. I love everything about it. Yeah, I do too. And the thalidomide. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's so good. It's just such a good show. It turns a critical lens on the medical mm -hmm. establishment. It turns mm -hmm. a critical lens on everybody. And, yeah. and, and everybody is going forth trying to do their best. And I think that's really where most practitioners' hearts are. Yeah. Um, there's a new movie on Netflix called Virgin River that's based on a series of books, which I haven't read. Mm -hmm. And it's about a, a certified nurse midwife who uh, moves to a small town in California and kind of starts working alongside the old school family practice stock. Hmm. And it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a, it's a decent portrayal of a midwife for sure. See, I didn't even know that I keep seeing it go by on social media that my friends are watching this and they're like, Oh, it's pretty good. Or, and I actually didn't know till we were having the, the pre-show conversation today that it was about a midwife. I was like, Oh, I guess I should watch it. <laughs> it is. And, and she's a sympathetic character again with a spoiler alert. She has suffered her own loss mm -hmm. of her own baby um due to a placental abruption which is just one of those random things maybe my only criticism is that they do have a pretty um pat conversation about home birth in the second season where one character is considering having a home birth with twins because she has all this hospital anxiety and the midwife tries to talk her out of it literally tries to talk her out of it um because and and she even uses her own personal story and says I, I did everything right, basically, is what she's saying. And I still had this loss. And mm. I never would have been able to live with myself if I had made any unconventional decisions, is what she says. So, so she's a hospital-based like, midwife. Yeah. Okay. Sort of. I mean, she was in LA, and then she moves to this small town, and then they apparently do births in the little clinic and stuff like this. Like oh, there's, I see. There's not really a hospital. Okay. But okay. it's it's a little um, uh, manipulative mm. at that one piece. That's mm -hmm. the only criticism I have of the midwifery aspect of it. Now, do I think it's a good idea to have a home birth with twins? I mean, right. There's certainly more risks involved with that. It's out of our scope of practice. It's not something we would do. But the way that she kind of did this informed mm. choice discussion about it was not. It's a little excellent. manipulative. Mm. Yeah. Other than that, I think she's smart, she's capable, she earns the trust of this 70-some-year-old doctor as time goes on, and, you know, and she's mm -hmm. got her own baggage that she's dealing with, and it's it's a little soap opera-y or a little, um, you know, wholesome evening TV drama stuff, but it's, it's mm -hmm. generally pretty good, I would say. Okay. So that's, I guess, put that on your to-do, okay. to-watch list. I have to catch up on Grey's Anatomy. I think I'm like oh. three episodes behind and then I'll watch it. <laughs> I only watched the first, you know, the first two that came out that first evening of the new season and decided I didn't want to watch. I literally had COVID while I was watching too soon. it. Too soon. Yeah, <laughs> it was not exciting to watch, so. I've I'm been watching CNN all the time, so like I'd have to catch up on my shows now. Yes. Well, add it to your list when you're done. Is there anything yes. else that you want to talk about? Midwives? Well, I mean, you know, like most of the time, if there is a 
um, a home birth reference in a popular television show, it's probably going to be unflattering. Mm -hmm. And um, midwives, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of other shows that have midwives. I mean, I think it's important to remember that we have this really mm-hmm. kind of dark history of discrediting midwives. Yeah, right. Um, particularly black midwives. Um, and and thus calling the whole profession into question, calling the cleanliness of midwives into question, calling the practices of midwives into question, moving things to the hospitals. Mm-hmm. I mean, this happened hundred a hundred years ago, but it has had lasting impact on the perception of midwives in the in the in the public's eye, mm-hmm. and it's it's real. I mean, the midwives have been vilified over time, and yeah, I mean, you can take it also back to Europe with the witch. Oh right, stuff. oh right. Like I mean, wise women are have been vilified forever and ever. <laughs> right. So I think it's I think it's important that we have more. Um, portrayals that are positive and and I'm glad when we do and in the end of pieces of a woman this midwife is you know exonerated ostensibly and um but it's only because it's only because somebody said oh she didn't do anything on purpose and it in the end it wasn't a it wasn't a great message I didn't think yeah so I I mean I enjoyed I enjoyed the sentiments yeah behind it but yeah it was not yeah it's not really how it would have gone down how it should have gone down all of that right so i guess i give it a thumbs down (laughs) 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 but not not just not just because of that i just also I, i didn't i don't know i just didn't really like it but um yeah i just think it's really important to be fair in what we're what we're telling a story about and to understand the subject that we're talking about. And it, it fell pretty short of that in my mind. Do you know any of the background of the movie? Like what, who, like, how did they get their story? What kind of research did they do? Like, I don't actually know. It was interesting that this family was Hungarian in origin. And I do know there is a real life story of this Hungarian midwife who's been spending a number of years in prison. Hmm. Um, I so I don't know, but I wondered if it was connected to that story. Um, but it was set in America, so that already is much different than you know what that other situation would have been because that wasn't something that happened in Hungary. So yeah. I don't I don't know enough of the backstory oh, to speak yeah. on it. But um, but it's just really important that you know when you're already talking about a marginalized profession, it's really important to get your facts straight. And I just did not feel like facts were straight here. Yeah. I'm curious. They obviously did some research because that, you know, like the, the the mannerisms of the midwife were really, yeah, really realistic. And so they obviously have talked to midwives and not that we all are the same. I'm just saying that this is like, yeah, the pattern of speech is really, it was really realistic. And, um, you know, so they obviously talked to somebody and they, um, and how did they learn about how people burp in labor? Like, like, where did, I, know. What did they do? Like, <laughs> I know, but that, but that was right. There were some details that were in yeah. there and then some that weren't. So I don't know. Anyway, 
Well, um, we would love to hear your thoughts too. So DM us on social media at metromidwifery.com. I've been watching the um, different, you know, conversations happening and I am relieved that it doesn't seem to be that home birth is the crucial issue here, but I'm not, um, I'm still not really pleased with the portrayal. So yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. All right. Well, we'll catch you next week. Have a good week, everybody. And yeah, let us know your thoughts about the movie. Curious to, curious to see what you all think. Yes. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.